Hello, welcome to Banking, Payments, and Wealth Spotlight, a podcast from Capgemini Financial Services that looks at the latest trends in financial services through the lens of some of its leading experts. I'm Jeff Spevisek, and this episode is all about commercial off-the-shelf versus open-source tooling from the viewpoint of testing experts, a battle royale. Joining me today is Rahul Avad, who is Capgemini's Financial Services Automation COE Leader, and Ramesh Nagarajan, who is an Application Delivery Management Solutions Architect with MicroFocus. Thanks for being a part of this podcast, and let's jump in. To start off, it may be useful to set a foundation for our discussion. So what are commercial off-the-shelf and open-source tools, and how are they fundamentally different? And is there a more popular option in the market? Ramesh, do you want to start us off with this one? Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. So I would say the fundamental difference would be how they need to be managed. In the case of open source tools, the, they are outside the control of internal IT team and the supplier. So in order to make the best use of open source, organizations need to establish processes, controls, and guidance or governance for using these tools. However, with the cards, commercial contracts and agreements are in place. So it allows the organization to rely on the products and support for, for critical operations. As far as the popularity, I see that they both continue to grow, right? There are specific use cases. For example, for commercial tools, the organizations may use it for handling core business activities and where stringent regulatory compliance must be met. On the other hand, organizations can take advantage of what is already developed in the market and more cost-effective manner for supporting applications or projects. Thanks, Ramesh. Uh, Rahul, what are your thoughts? I think there are a few criteria for selection right, of which tools, automation tools, any organization wants to use, right? I think the first one is uh, end-to-end support, right? Organizations uh, require tools that support end-to-end life cycle, right, to our testing life cycle, require a tool that can handle their requirements, that can handle their test artifact management, that can handle their automation, execution, reporting, dashboarding. Right. So end-to-end support is very critical in any tool selection. The second aspect of it is multi-technology platform support. Project teams require tools that support multiple technologies or platforms. Right. We are talking about mobile, we are talking about web, we are talking about mainframe, desktop, cloud applications. Right. Now, open source tools have limitations in supporting multi-platforms, but COT tools are you know, really good in that aspect. So they... Uh, provide the opportunity to leverage a single tool where open source will require multiple tools to do the same thing. And the last criteria that I would think is DevOps integration, right? Execution nowadays need to happen both on scheduled as well as on demand or as needed basis, right? Integration with any CI, CD tool is very important. So functional automation absolutely needs to be integrated into DevOps lifecycle. So I think any tool that an organization can use and can satisfy these criteria are the ones that are going to be used in, in any enterprise. Awesome. Thanks for that, Rahul. So, Rahul, let's continue with you. Why are so many organizations choosing to incorporate open source tools and what challenges does that present to the, the tooling ecosystem? Absolutely. I think very good question, right? And we face that question every now and then. I think the biggest decision maker is cost and resource availability, right? So basically, cost is a big factor. Availability of people with a particular skill set is also a big factor. Now, open source tools have no 
cost or less cost associated. So people can easily upskill, learn them easily. And there are a lot of learning resources available as well. Now, you know, in related to cost tools, right? I mean, you have to rely on the vendor platforms or basically their learning platforms, which are not very quickly accessible, right? But things are changing, but still, right? That's one of the reasons why we have more people available on open source. There is a strong push for next-gen platforms, mobile, web, cloud, so which open source can easily accommodate. So that's another you know point uh, to note. Now, there are challenges, right? Especially related to security. So COTS tool trump open source there. Right, it's you know if you have to test sensitive data or any sensitive applications, you know, the COTS tools uh, provide that a high level of security there. Maintenance is a very big issue with open source, right? Where COTS tools will provide you, you know, better maintenance and dedicated support, right? Open source tools, we know that they don't have dedicated support. You have to rely on communities or a team or a group of people to resolve your issues, you know, do the enhancements to, to the tool. So I think that's where the selection happens, right? That's where, you know, people go with open source tools because the next gen platforms and the cost and the availability of teams is the biggest factor there. Awesome. Thank you. And Ramesh, I sense you'll probably have a, an interesting point of view on this. What are your thoughts on that, that question? Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, the, the uh, cost effective is the, is the cr- critical or main use case for open source solution. And uh, it serves well for the organization for supporting or non-critical business functions. And it has a significant advantage over commercial products, right? So that's the reason why we see a, a, a trend of uh, using more and more open source there. But coming to the challenges, you know, we see that with many of our customers where there are multiple teams using different open source tools and they have their own way of adoption. So what happens at the top level is there is a lack of visibility and inconsistent adoption, how they need to be used and what are the guidelines we need to follow. So as a whole, sometimes it turns into a technical debt down the line. So going back to Rahul's point about the security vulnerabilities and you know, the risks with that, Recently, it reminds me of uh, Synopsys published a report on open source security and risk analysis. They interviewed, you know, across many different organizations, 17 different industries with 1,500 commercial code bases. And there are many facts. And one of them was striking for me, which was more than 90% of the code bases contained some kind of open source dependencies that had no development activity, no feature upgrades, no security issues fixed in the past two years, right? Two years is a lot of time. And as we know, the hackers are working hard to get into the system. So that's a significant uh, risk for the business. So I would say in bottom line, if open source tools are not managed properly, they can be error prone, may end up costing more than purchasing cards. So that again, uh, using the open source wisely is the right option. I would like to add a few more challenges to what Ramesh uh, had mentioned, right? Hacking and security is the biggest challenge. But one of the biggest challenges that I've seen with open source tools is they require resources or they require a development of a full-fledged framework to support, you know, the breadth of features and technology when it comes to automation, right? And another biggest challenge there in open source is you require scripting, right? 
and not everybody follows uh, coding standards. You know, everybody has their own different set of coding standards. So that becomes a maintenance nightmare. Thanks, Ramesh, and thanks, Rahul. To, to switch gears slightly, you know, with the greater adoption of Agile and DevOps, there's beginning to be a blurring of lines between development and test. And we've seen some usage of testing tools from development teams and vice versa. So how are tools changing now that the lines between the development and test are blurring? And are those platforms progressing at the same rate? Ramesh, why don't we start with you? Sure. That's a great question, Jeff, because that we see that with our customers as well, right? This is a common question that we get or the statement that they make. At Microfocus, we see that, you know, the dev teams are using our products for their needs. And later on, those assets can be reused. So let us look at some of the examples from a Microfocus perspective. So uh, we see in our customer base, Selenium is one of the top automation tools that uh, they use from a dev team or uh, dev testers perspective. And we have a UFT developer product that enhances and extends its basic capability. And that way they can build more robust tests, right? So similarly, UFT mobile supports our Appium scripts. Coming to performance testing, we have enabled the developers or the dev testers to develop and execute performance type test right within their IDE. You know, this is important to kick the performance testing early in the life cycle. And all of these solutions we talked about can be leveraged and reused by QA at the later stage. So that's where the blurring of lines come in and both from an open source perspective as well as the cards and also access the delivery without compromising quality in that process. Thanks for much. And- Rahul, what have you seen in the field uh, from your perspective? I think both of them are progressing at the same rate, okay? Uh, Infrastructure changes are happening quite frequently, right? Cloud migration or uh, software as a service, right? They are driving changes to tools, basically. What people are looking for is easy deployment, right? End-to-end testing, integration, performance aspect, security, these are are the important focal points nowadays. You know, clients are pushing for faster speed to market, right? Testing time is getting condensed, right? Initially, we used to have four-week sprint. Now it's gone down to two weeks. So, you know, tools have to cope up. So in sprint automation is a must, right? So now tools are coming up with, right, uh, scriptless, no-code approach, which is facilitating the in-sprint automation. Everybody has a common goal, right? Everybody wants to reduce cycle time, deploy, you know, high quality code out there in production, not have any crashes or any performance issues, right? You know, tooling is an important aspect. Most likely people are going to need ready-made images so that they can quickly deploy and rework on as needed basis, including the licensing structure, right? So just like AWS or Azure, right, you know, on-demand infrastructure, I think that's where everybody is going. And if you see the infrastructure, both courts and open source are, you know, going hand in hand there. Thanks, Rahul. I mean, I guess in listening to what you and Ramesh have said, it sounds like we're beginning to paint the picture that most organizations have a fairly multi-platform setup, meaning there's a combination of open source tools as well as commercial off-the-shelf tools, sometimes even leveraging a diverse set of tools within the same program or or project. So do you think there'll be a push to have open integrations between platforms, say open source and commercial off-the-shelf? Ramesh, what is MicroFocus doing? 
I think it is mandatory to have this integration. As we talked about, since both are growing and in hand, so we need to have a system to support that. Now, MicroFocus strongly believes in embracing the open source ecosystem, right? The, the important point is we want to make or enable our customers to leverage our commercial tools in partnership with any technology, whether it is a other third-party you know, tool or maybe open source tools. So we see that it is an important because if the do, tools do not talk with each other, it will be quite challenging for any organization to understand what's going on across the dis- desperate system. For example, you know, in our ALM Octane, we support integration with many open source tools and commercial products as well. So just to give you an example, you know, we, Octane can integrate with uh, Git-based SCN tools, CS servers, JUnit and unit-based uh, testing frameworks, code coverage solutions, and so on. All this will help to have uh, an end-to-end visibility. Now, from an organization or the management perspective, what they would like to see is, I want to go to a single repository or a, to get the single version of truth to make the decision much faster. So it is important, and we, we embrace that in a heterogeneous ecosystem. Thanks, Ramesh. And Rahul, what are you seeing on the ground, and what are our teams doing to kind of adapt to that? I think open integrations are already happening. Right, and and they have been happening, you know, for quite a while now. They are already happening in use, right? If you see tools like UFT or UFT Developer, right, Octin, like uh, Ramesh mentioned, right, they can work with uh, open source tools as well. If you see UFT Developer, it can work with Selenium. You know, it can you can uh, write scripts in Selenium in UFT Developer, execute them. You can use different IDs, right. Jenkins, right? CD, you can integrate all the COTS tool pretty much into Jenkins, which is an open source base. Get for source control, you know. So it's already happening. It's already in use. And like you said earlier, Jeff, right? All the enterprises, all the organizations are already embracing open source tools as well as COTS tools together. They are going hand in hand round, right? So with with the kind of applications that are used in an enterprise. Integration of this tool platform is a must. It is bound to happen, right? It is going to drive the automation and, and testing into the new areas, right? You you will see a lot of automation. You will see a lot of integration happening in the SIT area or integration area, regression areas, you know, functional areas, and even in uh, UAT area. I think it's already happening now. Thanks, Rahul. So... Where do we think tools are going from here? And is there really a better or a best option when organizations are trying to decide between commercial off the shelf and, and open source? Ramesh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So as Rahul mentioned, so we know that cycle, reducing the cycle time is the key, right? And then how do we do that without compromising quality? So that's where it comes into, right? If I think about it, Artificial intelligence and machine learning, we already embraced uh, with our UFT1 solution. Then change impact testing is another area uh, where we want to focus on how do we optimize the number of test cases based on the changes. Browser-based clients to minimize the setup and maintenance of it. And another one would be flexibility in deployment and licensing because the customers are looking forward to you know, increase or decrease their licenses footprint based on, based on their normal and peak loads. So those are the areas I think the focus will be. And Rahul, where do you think software tools are going to go, and is there a better option? I think Rift is going to be more on the SaaS model, right? Away from your permanent license setups, right? You know, desktop setups, which we have right now, right? I mean, 
if you have to install any tool on a desktop or a laptop, you have to go through a lot of hoops and install a lot of things uh, on your desktop or laptop to get it working, right? But if you shift to SaaS model, then you know you don't have to worry about that. You just open up the browser and start your automation activity, right? The tooling provider will manage the infrastructure for you. So you don't have to worry about upscaling infrastructure or anything. That's another aspect is that Codeless, scriptless automation is going to get big in the coming times. You know, it's already gaining maturity. With that, coding-based tools probably are going to phase out because, you know, you are going to have shorter cycles, you know, shorter deployment cycles. And, you know, you will need to get things quickly, right? In sprint automation, agile automation is going to be very active. So, you know, you don't won't have time to script. So that's one change that's going to happen. And the last point that I want to mention here, right, and I think it, which is there on everybody's mouths nowadays or, or mind, AIML, right? I think AIML will continue to mature and take a larger role in, in, in these tools, whether it's a framework or whether it's the actual COTS tool, right? It's, it's going to play a very big role. We are talking about self-healing, self-correcting features, right? That, those are going to be very crucial and important. And of course, you know, this is all going to result in more automation and uh, reduction of development time. Right. I think, you know, that is where the tools are going to go now. And I think one of the aspects that we forgot here to mention is cloud. Everything is going to be in cloud. Thank you, Rahul, and thanks, Ramesh. Very insightful. So one last question before we leave is, what is the biggest deciding factor between going with a commercial off-the-shelf for an open-source tools? Do you think it's a feature set or is it cost? Ramesh? Yeah, I would say both are important, right? You know, it depends on the use case. I would say COTS is, a, is the best choice to handle core business activities and where stringent regulatory compliance must be met. And in that case, COTS stands out both in the feature set as well as the total cost of ownership over time. But if I take open source, it's ideal to manage supporting business operations in a cost-effective and reliable manner. Now, as we all discussed throughout this uh, podcast, that any organization can have both of these solutions. So how do we blend this properly in order to reduce the total cost of ownership at the same time without compromising much with the feature set? So I would suggest uh, two important points here. Number one, we need to bring visibility, control, and governance for open source products. That way, the risk is reduced. You know, you talked about the open source tools risky. So that way, the risk is reduced. Secondly, from a cards perspective, Cart solutions should embrace the heterogeneous ecosystem. They should not have a propriety, you know, use only with our, our tools. It should embrace open source as well as the other tools in the market. This way, the customer can integrate and aggregate data uh, ingested and generated across the ecosystem. So obviously with that blend of both of these solutions, customers can benefit of, you know, having a rich feature set but without much cost in them. So that way they can make better decisions and deliver value to their business much faster. Thanks, Ramesh. So it sounds like you're more or less proposing a fit or a fit for use type of setup where it would be a potentially a multi-platform uh, mm -hmm. integration. And, and Rahul, do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I think the deciding factors depend on the use of these tools and the type of application it is being used on. Cost and resource availability features are, of course, important criteria right, of selection of a tool. But nowadays, I think 
automation coverage is the biggest deciding factor, right? If I'm using a tool, is it going to give me a, a higher automation coverage? And that's where people are going because applications are very varied in an organization. Nowadays, we are talking about hyper automation as well, right? You know, so we need to make sure that you know all the processes, whether it's an IT process, whether it's a business process, whether it's a development process or a testing process, right? Are the tools covering that, right? And like Ramesh mentioned, security aspect of it. If you have a, a business critical application which requires a high level of security, then the COTS tools are way to go. Open source tools, if you are using it internally within the intranet, you know, not having a lot of exposure to the internet, I think they are uh, they are good to use. The risk is minimized. Uh, the risk is also associated with open source, you know, because you don't know uh, who is developing the code and what level of expertise and experience they have. So the risk depends on that as well. Right? So I think these are all the biggest deciding factors in, on what tools uh, are used. And one important aspect, right, the maturity of the user of these tools also matters in the selection of the tools. If you see less experienced people, they are going to go the easy route. If you see more experienced people, architects, you know, they are going to look at how much coverage they are going to get, you know, what is it going to automate. And accordingly, they are going to select the tool, right? They are going to align the tool selection to the roadmap as well. And so I think all these factors are deciding factors. Thanks, Rahul. And, and Ramesh Rahul, thank you for joining us today. Very insightful, very uh, good insights on where the industry is at today. To our listeners, if you found this podcast interesting, please subscribe to Kept Gemini's Banking, Payments, and Wealth Spotlight podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or however you get your podcasts. For more Kept Gemini Financial Services podcasts, please also subscribe to our Insurance Insights podcast. We'll be back soon with another interesting topic. But in the meantime, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter and visit capgemini.com to download the most recent version of the World Quality Report. To learn more about MicroFocus, please visit microfocus.com. We encourage you to join the discussion by letting us know if there are other topics you'd like us to cover. Please leave comments via our social media channels. This podcast has been brought to you by Capgemini Financial Services. Thanks for listening.